Why, hey there. My name is Darcy Jeremy. You're listening to another episode of the Business of Ergonomics podcast. Today, we are talking about safety and ergonomics and whether or not there is an ergonomic law that your clients need to be following. Let's dive into this right now. Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. I'm your host, Darcy Jeremy. I'm a board-certified professional ergonomist with over 15 years of experience delivering ergonomics programs to employers of all different types. In this podcast, I share what other healthcare professionals are already doing and being with ergonomics assessments and how to land those clients that you dream of. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode right now. I'm so thrilled to be sharing this episode with you because you may think I'm sounding like a broken record at this point, but there is so much opportunity for us as ergonomics professionals, whether you've been in it for a number of years or you're considering pivoting your health practice to include ergonomic services. The big aspect I want to share with this specific episode is that there are many angles that your clients or your prospects might be looking for for you to get an entry point to start your relationship. And the point that I want to share is that it could be that safety and ergonomics and whether or not that company is compliant with OSHA or what other health and safety agency that's in your country, maybe that's the entryway. There's so much opportunity if we know how to use this messaging and deliver this in a way that is aligned with what our clients are looking for. And today we are talking about safety and ergonomics, specifically if there is an ergonomic law that we need to be looking at and communicating to. And this is a big question. One of the um, things that have come up for me in the past week is that I've been able, I've had the opportunity to talk with some safety experts um, or people who are just starting their career in health and safety. Um, And if you know anything about my experience, I started my career with health and safety as well. I was doing ergonomics, specifically starting participatory ergonomic programs with a workers' compensation board within the safety and prevention, I guess, for lack of a better term, a silo. And the really interesting part here that I want to share with you, because I think this is really valuable to us as Um, a systematic process view of our role as ergonomics professionals is that um, their ergonomics programs that I work with always came after the fact. So it was always in the later stages of a safety intervention. first, First when an organization required safety, they had a lot of low hanging fruit that needed to be addressed. And just to give you a little context how that worked 
um, when I was part of that workers' compensation board, the the safety consultant would go in and set up a safety program, uh, teach them how to set up their process, um, hang around in their joint occupational health and safety committees. But only when that organization was at a certain level of readiness was when they were ready for an ergonomics program. And an ergonomics program is another way that you can think of continuous improvement um, and and um, enhancing operations. And that was only delivered after the fact. So keep that in mind when we're marketing ergonomics, because sometimes when we're looking to start a relationship, it's it's more that we were going to go in first and put out fires. If there's a workers' compensation claim that you need to deal with, you're going to get them that cost savings and make that worker's life better. But it's only after that that they might be open to and ready to have a more related process. Because when we're talking about ergonomics, and maybe we can talk about this in the later episode, it is a big process effect to have the most optimal system. And if we're just doing these one-on-one assessments, that's great. But to have the huge impact that, let's face it, both you and I are after as ergonomics professionals, this is why we got into this world, it's going to take a systematic process. And not only is that going to be benefiting our clients and that organization, but it's going to be benefiting our bottom line and revenue-generating activities too. Um, There's just so many wins here. And I digress. What I want to talk about today is ergonomics compliance and whether or not your clients, your organizations that you work with, are compliant with the law. And specifically, there are seven things, seven steps that they need to have to be compliant with health and safety law. The first question that you might be asking yourself is there an OSHA standard um, when, or uh, not a standard, maybe more of a law when it comes to ergonomics? Now, first of all, there are no specific OSHA standards that apply to computer workstations or extremely low frequency electric and magnetic field exposure. Okay. However, This is the key thing. This is the thing that we can leverage in our marketing. However, workers have a right to safe and healthful workplaces. Mind blown, right? That's what we can use. Um, And some other things to consider that OSHA has made it clear that even in the absence of a specific industry guideline, employers still can be cited for a violation of the general duty clause which generally requires employers to keep workplaces free from recognized serious hazards, including ergonomic hazards. And that is straight from the OSHA guidelines from the law. It is is on the internet and is there for you to cite. There are seven areas that you can be communicating to your prospects or your clients alike to determine if they are compliant with health and safety law. Isn't that cool? So the first thing you want to look at when you are talking to your clients, talking to your prospects, and again, we're looking at that 
overall ergonomics process is to determine whether or not there is management support. And this is a yes or no question. You can uh, look at certain factors such as if there is a strong commitment by management, because that's critical to the overall success of an ergonomic process. So many times I can tell you when I would specifically do these participatory ergonomics processes or when I was managing my own in-house ergonomics program that I knew what the overall impact of the program was going to be, whether or not those decision makers in the company, and it could be like the CEO, the um, a director, a vice president, if they cared about the work that their employees were doing to improve the ergonomics of the workplace. If they cared, the program was going to be a lot more successful. If they didn't care, it was going to, for lack of a better term, die off in probably a quarter, a quarter of a business year. So like four months, or that would be three months, keeping you on your toes. Um, another aspect here is that management should define clear goals and objectives for the ergonomic process. They should discuss this with their workers, assign responsibilities to designated staff members, and communicate clearly with the workforce. The second point here to determine if your client's organization is compliant with health and safety law, and is actually quite straightforward, but I'm sure you can see the impact that this will be, is to involve workers. and. An aspect of this is a participatory ergonomics approach where workers are directly involved in worksite and assessment solution development and implementation is the essence of a successful ergonomics process. And the workers can, from that point on, identify and provide important information about hazards in their workplaces and assist in the ergonomic process by voicing their concerns and suggestions for reducing ergonomic risk factors and evaluating the changes made as a result of the ergonomic assessment. So they're right there. That is an opportunity for you to train an in-house team if um, all these other aspects are aligned. So that was number two. Number three, provide training, okay? And this is an important element in the ergonomics process, of course, okay? Um, and if I was in your shoes, my the light bulbs will, will be going off my head because this is an easy service opportunity that can get your client's workplace more aligned with health and safety law. It's very, very low-hanging fruit, of course. Because training, all that's really required is to have people sit in a, a presentation. And important is whether or not that um, action that is required is sustainable. Um, so training ensures that workers are at least aware of ergonomics and its benefits, become informed about ergonomics-related concerns in the workplace, and here is the key understand the importance of reporting early symptoms of musculoskeletal disorders. The next thing I want to talk about, number four, is identifying problems. 
An important step in the ergonomic process is to identify and assess ergonomic problems in the workplace before they result in musculoskeletal disorders. This is what comes to the point of doing um, ergonomic risk assessments. Okay, it's very important. And there's definitely other ways that we can uh, leverage discomfort issues, discomfort priority to ensure that we are using our resources the most effectively. The next thing I want to talk about is to encourage early reporting of musculoskeletal disorders. Um, early reporting can accelerate the job assessment and improvement process, um, helping to prevent or reduce the progression of symptoms in your client's staff and the development of serious injuries, including you know, the subsequent time loss claims. Number six is implement solutions to control hazards. And to be compliant with OSHA, there has to be many possible solutions that can be implemented to reduce, control, and eliminate workplace musculoskeletal disorders. And I can think of no better person than you to navigate this process with your clients, right? And lastly, this is number seven, and this is part of the OSHA compliant checklist, is that you need to evaluate the progress. And this is an opportunity for you to audit yearly um, uh, developments in their ergonomics program, process, time loss injuries, any sort of metric that you can measure so you can manage it. And the, the thing here is that the established evaluation and corrective action procedures are required to periodically assess the effectiveness of the ergonomic process and to ensure its continuous improvement and long-term success. As an ergonomics process is first developing, assessment should include determining whether goal sets um, or goals set for the ergonomic process have been met and determining the success and implemented um, ergonomic solutions. Well, there you have it. Um, each one of those steps that I shared, so I'll just I'll just go over them again. So number one, provide management support. Number two, involve workers. Number three, provide training. Number four, identify problems. Number five, encourage early reporting of musculoskeletal disorder symptoms. Number six, implement solutions to control hazards. Number seven, evaluate progress. Each one of those aspects can have one of your deliverables attached to it. And that is so cool. You can provide all of these value-added um, solutions to your clients. That's so cool. I hope that you take this and you run with it. Um, because as ergonomics professionals, I feel that we are really skilled at identifying the ergonomic risk factors. But the real key here and to get to work with clients that we love working with is to how to, to learn to communicate this in a way that's aligned with where they want to take their, their organization. And if we can do that really well, then we know that not only do we have a lot of opportunities to make a positive impact, by which doing that, we'll be able to have 
that income, the revenue-generating activities that we need to have as business owners. And I hope you enjoyed this, everyone. If you want to learn more about safety and ergonomics and how to um, best leverage that, let me know because this is the first episode that I've done about this. I'll chat to you guys soon. Take care. So if you like what you heard in this podcast episode and you want to learn more, you want to learn how other healthcare professionals are already adding office ergonomic expertise to their services and practice, I have a training for you. All you have to do is head to ergonomicshelp.com slash learn dash ergo. That's ergonomicshelp.com slash learn dash ergo. And you can get started today.